Hey, this is going to be a different type of episode of the Dr. Doom podcast because I'm recording it on my phone from the hospital and uh, <clears throat> just over lunch hour. I just want to see how it turns out. And since I only have an estimated audience of three people, I guess um, hopefully it'll be fine and you'll bear with me. Um, I got two stories for today and I'm going to try something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to split them into two and try changing the uh, music between the two. The uh, first story is um, about the time I was uh, propositioned by a patient (laughs) when I was a medical student. And uh, yeah, as you'll hear, it, it it wasn't a Grey's Anatomy moment. It was a It was more of a uh, Monty Python moment. Anyway, so we'll we'll start with that story. Um, So I was a medical student on a uh, obstetrics and gynecology service. And, you know, a lot of what you do there, so sometimes you help in the OR and basically do the job that a uh, retractor attached to a uh, frame could do. You basically hold a retractor. And if the surgeons don't have a medical student, they always manage to do it themselves using just a <laughs> just a uh, sort of a reverse clamp device that holds the incision open. But I guess, you know, in a way it gets you into the OR so you can see what's going on and you can learn that way. Um, <clears throat> so um, the other side that you do is you go to clinics and you kind of... You work up patients uh, before the physician sees them. And like if you're doing obstetrics and gynecology, you're always going to have a nurse present type thing. Um, So, you know, you don't do anything untoward or get yourself into trouble by doing something private with, you know, doing a private exam with a patient or whatever. So, um, so it would be like a nurse and I would go into one room and then the next room and then the next room. And we, you know, you just meet the patients, find out what you're seeing them for. You're basically doing sort of the triage job, but then, uh, the doctor goes and rounds through all of them and you follow the doctor the second time. And then they can kind of say, well, this is what I would have done on the physical exam. This is what you should have seen. This is what blah, blah, blah. So I was going through, um, the first time with the nurse, this was on one of those clinic days. And, um, one of the, uh, indications for, um, for planning a C-section is, uh, if somebody has, you know, a bad venereal disease or genital warts or whatever, then they'll plan a C-section to avoid, <clears throat> you know, the baby being contaminated with this. And then it can cause vision problems and stuff like that. So we had one of these ones where a young lady wanted a C-section because she had, or she didn't want one, but she was being planned for one because she had uh, this case of genital warts. And, um, and so I went in with the nurse and, uh, you know, this isn't like to shame anybody who has this issue, but it's just kind of a funny story. So we went in and, um, we kind of went through the history and stuff and I wasn't planning to do a physical, but um, the nurse said, uh, you know, I think we should do a physical before he comes because like they rate them, um, like on a scale of one to four or whatever, depending on severity. Cause sometimes you can get away with just like localized treatment or whatever, and then they can still have a vaginal delivery. Um, so we, uh, we did the physical exam and it was like, it was a four out of four. It was, I've never seen anything quite like it. They were, there were like condylomas on top of condylomas and, uh, 
it was just a, a bit of a disaster happening down there, which uh, it, sometimes it gets worse during pregnancy and stuff. So, you know, again, it's not like judgmental. I'm not saying she wasn't paying attention. It's just, you know, it was, it was a bit of a, it was in a bit of a state. And, uh, so it was definitely going to be a C-section or whatever. So <clears throat> we finished our rounds and then I went back in to go through with the physician and we got to this lady's room and, uh, and he said, uh, okay, so we're just going to do an exam. It sounds like it's pretty severe. So, you know, we, I think probably C-section is in order, but I'd like to have a look. And, you know, we, we do the exam where you feel the cervix and all that stuff too when you're later in the pregnancy. So, you know, they have to make their notes on that stuff. So we went in and, uh, she, you know, she's in, you know, in the stirrups or whatever. And he's doing the exam. And... Uh, she starts talking to me and uh, asking me, you know, where I'm from and stuff. And I said, oh, I'm from, uh, yeah, well, I'm not going to say where I'm from, but <laughs> we just had like the basic conversation. I was in a different province than my home province. And I figured, you know, she's just uncomfortable with, you know, three people in the room doing this exam, the nurse and two physicians. And then, um, and so, you know, I always just try to make people comfortable and I was going along and then she asked She's kind of weirdly, you know, are you seeing anybody? And I thought she's going to feel so awkward about having asked that. But I said, no, 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 I'm just, uh, you know, just single at the moment. And then mid-exam, she said, well, listen, I, uh, you know, my partner and I uh, recently broke up. I don't know what you're doing after clinic today, but, you know, I think maybe there's some chemistry here. <laughs> Talk to her. I just, because I'm standing up at the head of the bed. I've already, you know, I'm not doing, I'm down at the crotch. <laughs> he looked at me with these eyes like, what have you, what have you been doing? And he, he obviously sees all these condylomas there in, in his face. The nurse looked at me like, at least she'd been there with, thank God. <laughs> she'd been there. <laughs> because if I had even just gone in and had a conversation without the nurse present or without another person present. I don't know what they would have thought when this person said we had chemistry, but uh, it would not have been good for my career. <laughs> anyway, I said, uh, I said, oh, I'm sorry. You know, we can't, um, there are rules about dating people you've seen as a patient, unfortunately. So we'll have to, uh, uh, you know, you'll have to take a rain check, but, you know, good, good luck in your quest. <laughs> Didn't know what to say. So afterwards, oh my gosh, at first, the the physician I was with um, took me aside and kind of went through like, I should, he was like, I got to get your story on this. And I, I said, well, I was with, you know, I was with the nurse and we did this, is what happened. And, and I didn't, I mean, I had no idea. We were just like, <laughs> and then he was, he was okay with it after that. But then I had another resident come down. And talk to me like they must have this professional process when when you do gynecology. I don't know, but this resident was like, "Well, there, you know, we we have to do an interview about what happened, and yeah, I am sure everything was above board, but I just need to double check." And I was like, "Oh my god!" So I had to go through it again. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not um, not a real appropriate place to ask uh, ask people out on a date, and if they've if if you've got a massive issue with genital warts and and the person examining you knows that maybe just just don't don't go in that direction um that would be my my advice now 
you're free to do whatever you want. Um, but uh, it, it did complicate my life for the rest of that afternoon. Fortunately, it all worked out fine. <laughs> there, there was no uh, downside to it, but uh, that's the story of the uh, genital wart uh, proposition um, that I re- <laughs> received. And this was a very nice person. I'm not uh, saying they were a bad person. It's just one of those awkward moments where I just wished I could uh, suck my head into my chest like a turtle and disappear and hide from the world. The second story of this episode is called The Rambo Panis Call Night. And um, this goes back to when I was a resident in... in residency, radiology, you don't do any uh, real interventional call. Uh, we do mostly just general uh, radiology call. But um, that includes like CT, MRI, ultrasound, emergency x-rays, that kind of thing. And as you can imagine, as technology has made that job, like CT has gotten um, good to the point where we, we now, like a CT of the abdomen, used to put it up on a sheet on an x-ray box, right? It used to be 10 images. Now it's like 4,500 images. It's millimeter level detail. And we can diagnose all kinds of things, appendicitis. We can measure lymph nodes. It's become a much more complicated job than it used to be in the past, but it's also much more useful. So it's a really busy job at night. So we had to uh, stay in the hospital when I was a resident. And... Um, we had this little call room that was, uh, it, it was about, oh, I'd say eight feet by 10 feet, kind of like a small prison cell. And it had a little mattress on it, but it had a desk, um, and a, uh, and a chair. So you could sit and write notes, you know, if somebody woke you up in the middle of the night, um, cause you're, you can never remember a name and we would get called like, sometimes you got like four calls in a row. This was back in the day of pagers too. So our pagers would only hold four pages and then it would erase the last one and one would go off when you were calling the next one. So I always used to just sit at the desk to write, you know, the page, the numbers that came through on the pager in case they got erased. And, uh, but the desk, uh, also like in the middle of my residency was when the iPod classic, uh, first came out and it was the first device, um, that not only could you have music on it, but we could also have, uh, movies on it. And I mean, this is going back in the day, but we used to have this DVD and Blu-ray ripping software, I guess just DVD, there were no Blu-rays, but, um, DVD ripping software. And you could, you literally had to go through all these steps to rip a movie, uh, from a DVD onto, um, like a file and, and like bypass the digital rights, rights management. And then, um, that file, such like a cowboy days of technology you could upload to your iTunes account and it would save it as one of your movies and then you could put it on your iPod and until then like I didn't have anything to do on call nights like we would um I think flash games had just come out and I would like sit there playing Peggle until I was so tired I'd fall asleep or I would read mostly I would read a book um uh, between calls and uh if you got like lucky and you got a quiet night Usually quiet night would mean like not getting called after midnight. Um, and they happen about one in every four calls. Well, you know, you might, you might actually get through quite a bit of a book because you're expecting to be called and it was hard to fall asleep. I remember like I read, um, 
the Da Vinci Code when it first came out. I read it uh, on call one night when I was on, at the pediatric hospital and it was quiet. I just read right through the night. Um, but the iPod Classic kind of changed everything because you could start and stop movies in between cases. But uh, I got it. I got this device for Christmas and uh, from mom and dad. And I was so stoked about it. And I figured out how to rip movies. And I had the big, they got me the big one. I think it was like 160 gigs. And so a movie would be like three or four gigs. So I remember I went to, geez, was it Blockbuster? I can't remember. But I rented a few movies and I put them on there. There was like, I think it was Cloverfield was one of them. And the other one was like, they had come out with this new Rambo movie. It was I didn't know, I didn't remember the Rambo movies well, but it looked really intriguing and I heard it was like really good. So I got that one and I ripped them and I put them on and I didn't watch them until I was on call. And then once I was on call, um, I went to the call room. I used to get like, if I could, I'd get a salad right before call started and I'd leave it in the call room. And then at supper time, well, we usually worked until like seven at night, but then, you know, after seven, I'd go in and take a couple minutes, decompress, eat my salad, hope not to get paged, that kind of thing. And I've never been a skinny guy. Like I've gone, I fluctuate a lot in my weight. I've gone up. This is probably the highest I've been where I'm like over 250 pounds right now. But I've been sort of that, those years I was around 250 and, uh, and then I lost it. I lost 60 pounds and then gained it back. You know, it's like up and down. And at that time I was quite heavy, uh, sort of like I am now. And one thing that happens when you're heavy is you get something called a panis where your belly, like when you sit down, it hangs over your legs. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you don't have the like six pack abs. So there's like a flab of tissue that hangs over your belt line basically. And, uh, so I sat down, I, I was eating my salad and, um, I, I had, uh, headphones and I figured um, I, I, I'd listen with one in my ear, and then if my pager went off, I'd hear it and, and be able to uh, answer the page or whatever. I was on with this uh, radiologist, um, Val, who was uh, super nice, but really high expectations. Like she, you know, which is good, but um, if you were late and stuff, she, she didn't like it. And they're, they're your boss, right? When you're a resident, the doctors are your boss. So, um, I sat down seven o'clock at night, I put on Rambo on my iPod classic, had one headphone in, it's like being responsible, ate my salad. And then I was like, man, I finished my whole salad and I haven't been called. And, uh, the movie was really engaging. Like it was really gory. It was really exciting. <laughs> I kept watching it. And finally the movie ended and I was like, something's gotta be wrong. I, I don't know if, um, I don't know what's happening, but I, I haven't gotten a single call. And it was like nine o'clock at night. I watched like two hours of this movie. Um, so then I like checked my pager and it was, I had four pages waiting. And I thought, what the hell is, what, what is going on here? And I started calling them back and they were like, yeah, we paid you like nine times. And some, <laughs> you know, we got a hold of Dr. Keogh. No, I shouldn't, shit, I shouldn't say the name. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> She'd be fine with it because <laughs> she knows the story too. Um, Dr. Keel. Anyway, um, so she, uh, so I was like, fuck's sake. So I went out and I had missed in total 15 calls in that two hours. 
and there was chaos happening. There were traumas coming through. There was a stroke on the table. And, and uh, I went out and uh, she was sitting there just with like daggers in her eyes. And she looked at me and I said, it was under my panis. The pager was under my panis. <laughs> and it's what had happened is my belly had folded over the pager. And so when it went off, I never heard it. Uh, and I was paying attention to the movie and the pager didn't really vibrate or anything. So it just went dee 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 like that. But I heard nothing because it was totally muffled by my fucking fat panis. Um, so, uh, yeah, she was pretty mad. Um, but she did forgive me. I, I showed her. I said, look, can you just page me and I'll show you what I mean? And so I was standing up. You could hear it. And then I sat down and, and like immediately it went totally quiet and then we she kind of laughed about it afterwards but she was not our relationship was never the same again because I think in the back of her mind she wondered if I was making it up just to get out of doing work I've never been that guy who did that but uh I feel like I sullied my reputation <laughs> due to my panis you know how good a reputation can can I have I'm I'm obviously a bit of an idiot but anyway that's the uh that's the Pager Rambo Panis story. Um, so, hope you enjoyed the episode. Subscribe, you know, give it a five-star review. I've got three listeners. I've checked on my <laughs> my uh, my stats there. And a total of 18 listens to this podcast. I realized that probably five of those are me, because I listen to each episode to make sure I don't say anything too <laughs> untoward that would get me in trouble. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, maybe share with a friend. If you know who I am, don't tell them who I am in case I get myself in trouble. And uh, we'll, we'll check in next time. All right. Stay classy. Bye-bye.